welcome to the GVA Legal Podcast. My name is Jean Kambuni and I am your host. Have you ever wondered what to do when you bought something either from the supermarket or a shop and it had an issue? Have you ever wondered as a consumer? Am I protected when a product is defective? Well, on today's episode, we'll talk about consumer protection in Kenya. Our guest is Boniface Kamiti, the manager, consumer protection at the Competition Authority of Kenya. Welcome, Kamiti. Thank you, Jean. And we are excited to be here. Thank you. Let's just jump right into it. Who is the Competition Authority of Kenya? The Competition Authority of Kenya is a state agency established under the Competition Act number 12 of 2010. Our mandate is to regulate competition and consumer protection in the Kenyan economy. So it's to regulate market structure and market conduct. We have a consumer protection mandate. We have a mandate to investigate abuse of buyer power. We have a role to advise uh, the government. And uh, we do that through what has been given to us by parliament, the powers under the act. Who is a consumer? Let me let me just ask that basic <laughs> question because you can make an assumption on who a consumer is. Yeah, sometimes we do not take ourselves as consumers. And uh, generally, we know that a consumer is a person who purchases goods and services for personal use. Uh, however, for the purposes of uh, the Competition Act number 12 of 2010, a consumer has been defined as uh, any person who purchases or offers to purchase goods and services otherwise than for the purpose of resale, but does not include a person who purchases any goods or services for the purposes of using them in the production or manufacture of any goods or articles for sale. Basically, in a nutshell, it means if you have purchased a good or a service for personal consumption, then you are a consumer. But if you have purchased for the purposes of manufacturing, for resale, then you will not be defined as a consumer within the provisions of the Act. Only if I'm the end user. If I buy the thing and I'm the one who's going to use it, then I am a consumer. But if I buy it to resell it, I'm not a consumer. You're not and a if consumer. I buy it to use it to make something else, I'm also not a consumer. You're also not a consumer. And what are consumer rights? So now that we know who a consumer is, someone who's an end user, what rights do these consumers have? Well, in Kenya, your rights as a consumer, you're protected under the Constitution Article 46 of the Constitution of Kenya. And uh, this entitlement uh, means, like, one, you have uh, the right to goods and services of reasonable quality. You have a right to information necessary for you to gain full benefit from goods and services. You have a right to the protection of your health, safety, and economic interests. And uh, you have a right to compensation arising from loss or injury arising from defects in goods and services. So the consumer protection provisions under the Competition Act number 12 of uh, 2010, that's uh, part six on consumer welfare, is derived from the rights of a consumer as expounded in Article 46 of the Constitution of Kenya 2010. Now, you've spoken about the Competition Authority, you've spoken about the rights that I have. Where does the Competition Authority now come with regard to these rights? What role <laughs> does the Competition Authority play? As indicated, uh, is that the Competition Authority of Kenya has a primary mandate on consumer protection in Kenya. Its uh, role and mandate uh, stems from Part 6 uh, of the Act on Consumer Welfare. And uh, 
spells out key provisions. There is a section 55 on false or misleading representations. There is section 56 and 57 on unconscionable conduct. There is a section 58 to 61 on unsafe, defective uh, goods as well as product information standards. So the authority relies on these provisions to protect consumers in various ways. So that's where we come in, uh, in the protection of consumers. But uh, the advantage with our law uh, is that we have powers to provide remedies for consumers. Uh, we can order for either refund, repair, or replacement of uh, goods. Uh, however, compensation can only be done or undertaken in a court of law. But uh, the authority then comes in not only to provide, uh, I would say, remedies to consumers, but to ensure deterrence, can impose uh, certain remedies on accused parties or on uh, firms or undertakings that have uh, infringed on your rights. So now, you said that you can impose certain um, remedies for a consumer. When I have a complaint as a customer or a consumer, I have bought something and it is defective or I have um, received a service and it was not up to standard, how do I go about making a complaint? You can lodge a complaint with the authority anytime you feel that your rights as a consumer have been aggrieved. And um, the accused party especially has failed to redress the complaint. We prefer to give you an opportunity to approach that party if you've probably bought a product from a supermarket and uh, you've been aggrieved. Uh, it would be important for you to first complain to that supermarket. If they fail to redress, then you can lodge the complaint with the authority. And we have various channels. You can uh, send us an email through info at cak.go.ke or complain at cak.go.ke. You can give us a call on uh, 254-20277-9000. Or you can also go through a portal uh, in the website and uh, click on e-services. And uh, you can lodge a complaint which will be sent directly to the authority. You will get a received a notification that the authority is looking uh, at the matter. We are very, very serious about our delivery timelines, our service charter. So when you say we are going to revert to you within three days, the authority actually does that. So let me just take our listeners through this again. You're a customer. You go and you get a defective product or you have a experience at defective service. The first thing you need to do is complain to that person that ever gave you the service or you bought the product from. Yes. Once you have done that and not willing, they're unwilling or unable to redress it, option two, now I come to the commission. Yes. But I have three ways. To the authority. Can, to the authority. Yes. The, <laughs> the competition authority <laughs> of Kenya. And there are three ways in which I can make this complaint. Yeah. One, I can give you a call. You've yes. given the number. Yes. Two, I can send you an email. Yes. Or three, I can go to your portal and go through a process that you have through which I can make the complaint. Yes. Now, you have also very strict timelines in which you must respond to me. So the first thing is, if I send an email, I'll get an instant reply that says that you have received my complaint and that yes. you will get back to me. Yes. And in your service charter, the time frame within which the authority will get back to you is three working days, yes. 72 hours. Yes. I like that. And I have to say that as a person who has called the commission, they have been very quick to respond to me. So <laughs> as any consumer who's out there, because I'm also one, I think that they will respond in that given time frame. Now, after you have made the complaint and you have given me a response, what do I expect from the response? What are the options that are available to a consumer? Once we get back to you within three days, we'll have already reviewed your complaint. Sometimes we have noted from the complaints that we received that probably you did not attach a receipt or a warranty, you know, some sort of evidentiary information 
to indicate or to show that you actually purchased that good or service. And so we will be asking for that information. So we undertake a preliminary review and contact you for that information. And once we receive all the evidences we require from you, and we still have uh, timelines within which to handle the matter, then we'll prepare a notice of uh, investigation. And at every stage of the investigation process, we will inform you of uh, what is happening. So after I receive your response, one of the first things that you'll get from me is um, just understanding the status. What happened? Where did I go? Where did I get the service or buy the product? Mm -hmm. And what evidence do I have that I actually got that service or product? Yes. The main evidence is a receipt. So that shows payment for the service or the good. Yes. Yeah. Then now you will begin an investigation. And at each point, you will keep me informed or abreast of all of the activities that have happened mm -hmm. and any outcomes that you have found. Yes. Now, at which point do you get to the supplier of the good or the service? We get to the supplier of the good or service through writing a notice of investigation. And uh, we really adhere to the Fair Administrative Action Act because uh, the notice of investigation basically gives a background of the complaint that we have received, what the consumer is alleging uh, to have happened, and uh, give the opportunity to the supplier to revert to the authority within a certain timeline to give us a status of what happened. So what we see in most uh, circumstances, and we know consumers want their matters to be resolved as quick as possible. We have seen instances where suppliers get back to us and they say, oh, this was the situation. However, we got back to the consumer and uh, resolved the matter. And we are we accept that. Uh, however, that now we write back to them and give them a warning. And we say, if this happens again in future, then the authority now will take a more deterrent uh, action against uh, you. So at that point, complaint can come to an end if you write to the um, supplier. They give you a right of reply and they have addressed, during the time frame when you're investigating, they have addressed the issue. Then the matter can come to a conclusion at that point. It can come to a conclusion at that point. However, if we see that it is a matter that is uh, really widespread uh, in terms of uh, locations, in terms of counties, in terms of the number of consumers, then would take a more uh, probably wide, broad uh, investigation action but against not only that supplier, mm -hmm. but probably in the sector. So if at all you get to a, that point of the investigation and you determine that the matter, one, was not resolved sufficiently, and two, is of sufficient scale and scope that it requires a severe action, what deterrent measures can the authority issue? to suppliers in this instance? Our section 36 uh, spells out uh, the action after investigation. So we could declare conduct to be in violation of the act. We could uh, now come in to impose uh, various remedies. Uh, one, we could um, impose remedies such as fines, uh, pecuniary penalties. Parties uh, that have been accused or um, are in the matter can settle with the authority under Section 38 of uh, the act at any point of the investigation and uh, would get into what we'd call a negotiated uh, settlement. Uh, where the authority may also impose a pecuniary penalty amongst other conditions and uh, remedies, basically to ensure this deterrence and uh, consumers are protected. That's the main aim of the authority, to ensure that you as a consumer, you are protected from that particular conduct. But um, most importantly, even as we uh, impose those remedies, we create awareness to undertakings and accused parties regarding the need to protect the rights or to enhance the rights of consumers. So we come in to not just impose the remedies, but to educate uh, them. So we have uh, 
awareness programs with those parties where we come in to educate their staff on consumer rights and the provisions of the act. Um, is there a range of these um, deterrent pecuniary um, payments that a company can make? Is there a scale that you use to determine what would be paid? We have guidelines to determine how we impose uh, penalties, but it depends on the matter because every matter is unique in its uh, nature. But we have guidelines that guide us in terms of uh, how we impose our remedies. And if I could um, make an assumption, uh, would those guidelines include the severity of the injury that was suffered by the consumer, the scale of the product or the cost of the product? Uh, are those some of the guidelines that are yes. imposed or used to determine the amount of money that would then be paid? Yes. Then I have one more question about consumer protection. We are now in an era of um, e-commerce. We buy a lot of goods online. We buy a lot of goods um, either on the on websites, so whether it's Amazon, eBay, even on social media nowadays, that's a form of <laughs> online buying that yeah. you put a product out there and someone then buys it. What types of consumer protection laws are there for trade that happens via the web, e-commerce? One thing I would like to assure the consumers listening uh, into this podcast is that uh, the consumer welfare provisions of the Competition Act Number no. 12 of 2010 are more than adequate to handle complaints when you have purchased something online. And in Kenya, we have seen really great progress. Progress in terms of uh, great steps taken to formulate law and policy to protect consumers, the online consumer. We've seen the Data Protection Act of 2019. Uh, most recently, we saw the Central Bank Amendment Act of 2021, which regulates uh, digital lenders. So we have the laws that are more than adequate. However, we've seen one or two gaps in the sense that um, consumers are now purchasing through the social media, WhatsApp, Facebook, Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. I don't know which other app. <laughs> I think those are the main ones. <laughs> those are the main ones. Uh, consumers are increasingly purchasing through those apps, uh, not just e-commerce platforms uh, that we are aware of. And uh, there are challenges regarding the locations of uh, some of these businesses. We don't know where they are. So you may purchase something online through Facebook or Instagram, and um, you will be assured of delivery. But uh, once it reaches to you, you probably what you bought is not what you had ordered or seen in the, that particular uh, page. So there are those gaps regarding uh, those specific businesses that are selling through social media. I think another gap would be now that we have businesses that are purely online, yeah. that you now have to protect consumers from courier companies. So sometimes the supplier may be valid and the consumer may want the good and the good is actually valid. But yeah. somewhere in between now that you must pass it on to a courier that will deliver it from the supplier to the consumer, yeah. there may now need to be regulations that talk about the protection of consumers from those um, middlemen, the True. courier companies that True. then now deliver the goods. True. And you have spoken about something. I think it may be an online issue right now, mm -hmm. but it may also be a physical issue with other goods and services. Mm -hmm. What about um, protection of consumers from goods or services received across countries or jurisdictions? Are there any provisions to protect consumers when the good I buy is in another country or mm. in another jurisdiction. Mm. How does that play? Is there a conflict of laws that occurs? What uh, I would say from the authorities' end is that the authority has been able to develop 
uh, great international networks with other competition and consumer protection agencies across the world. We are uh, members of what it called the International Consumer Protection and Enforcement Network, where we share non-confidential information and we assist each other sometimes in uh, handling consumer issues. We've had complaints from Kenyans, and not just Kenyans, but even people across the world who are complaining about Kenyan companies, have been aggrieved mm. by a Kenyan company, or a Kenyan who has been aggrieved by another company based in another country. And we've used those networks uh, basically to ensure that um, redress is offered to those consumers. So we relied on those uh, networks for such issues to be resolved. And if I were to have such a situation in which either I'm a Kenyan citizen, and for now, let me just use myself as an example, I'm a Kenyan citizen and I'm mm. aggrieved by a company that is in a jurisdiction that is outside our country. It might be one in Uganda, it might be one um, across the world, over the ocean, maybe in the UK. Can I still make this application to the competition authority saying that um, I have been aggrieved, these are my receipts, this is the evidence of the issue that, and this is what happened and what has happened so far. Can I still come with my issue to you? Yes. And how would be the process of resolving it? Same procedure. Mm -hmm. When you write to us, give us the information. We'll get back to you within the same timelines that we have. We will inform you of what we intend uh, to do. We'll uh, reach out to international partners. We'll uh, keep in the loop of our communication with them and uh, the remedies that are going to be provided. However, we are seeing a lot of international uh, transactions or e-commerce transactions uh, revolving around fraud. So that is something that uh, consumers will need to be really wary uh, of because there's a lot of fraud happening across uh, the world and uh, we are seeing that through credit card fraud and other types of uh, fraud. We cannot handle that as the authority, but we involve now the DCI, uh, to come in to uh, undertake investigations into that. So I think one of the main things that we need to be aware as consumers is buyer beware. Yeah. So even as you go into any transaction, look at it, ensure that it at least meets the threshold of being a viable, legitimate um, website before you make that transaction. That then reduces your exposure to the risk of fraud or the risk of having to come back now and complain that I did something and I need help. Exactly. Yeah. And lastly, what are the steps that we can take as consumers to protect ourselves? As you said, uh, Jean, then we have to be aware, you know, the buyer beware. So you need to make effort to research more on a product, on a good or service before purchase. You can scan through reviews, you can look for information, you can use your contacts. That's the most important thing. You have to research on that particular product or service or company that you're purchasing from uh, Online, you need to ask the provider relevant uh, questions, especially pertaining to fees and charges, delivery timelines, product information, uh, customer redress mechanisms, issues of your data. Is it protected? Uh, what are the terms and conditions? You have to review the terms and conditions. We are all culprits. We don't read terms and conditions. That's even, very true. Even online, uh, we click at the button down there that we have read the terms yet <laughs> and we conditions. Haven't. Yet That's we true. haven't done that. So it's important to do that. And uh, uh, lastly, I would say you should ensure that you obtain necessary evidentiary information, such as receipts, uh, warranties, you know, some sort of evidence to show that you undertook that transaction. And it's true, actually. Many people walk away without a receipt. And that's a very valid evidentiary thing that shows that the transaction you're claiming 
actually happen. Very and true. warranties also protect you. So in cases that defect in the good or the service, you can fix it without having to complain to anyone and they'll be bound by their own warranty to make yeah. the necessary changes based on the terms and conditions they've specified yeah. therein. So I think that the end of the matter is that prevention is better than cure. So yeah. be a vigilant <laughs> consumer as opposed to a complaining consumer. True. And that brings us to the end of this episode. I'd like to thank my guest, Mr. Boniface Kamiti, the Manager Consumer Protection at the Competition Authority of Kenya. Thank you so much for your excellent insights and your um, go-to information on how to protect myself as a consumer. And thank you, Jean, for inviting the authority. And we're excited and we look forward to another episode if you're invited to attend. Thank you. We will definitely invite you again and speak a lot about e-customer protection. I think that's where we are moving as consumers and we'd really like to know how we can be protected and what gaps there are in the law and how we can make those better. We hope you found this episode informative. Tell us what you think about it on email. Our email address is info at gvalawfirm.com. You can also follow Gikera and Badgama Advocates on social media. You can find us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook as GVA Law Firm. Thank you again for joining us on the GVA Legal Podcast. Thank you.